So you get on YouTube then, and it's like if you want to send me a flash drive or a DVD, I will put it on either one for you. Um, we're going to be in Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. So I appreciate one. Hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, I, I did quite quite a bit actually, and I'm grateful that uh, you laughed at it as much as I did. I wish I had it. The title of tonight's message is Joy and True Devotion. I'll be honest with you, we're not going to finish. I've got uh, about 20 minutes left to finish, and I've got 35 minutes left. That's Patty Wampus, right? Joy and True Devotion. Um, I want to prepare your heart for something. Uh, as you know, we have Thanksgiving coming up. Thanksgiving is a time of being thankful to the Lord. And it's a time of recognizing what He's done for us, a time of counting our blessings. And when we count our blessings, you will find yourself moving from the realm of being sad to a realm of, my goodness, look what he's done for me. And when you find out what he's done for you, you'll find yourself rejoicing. We call that revival. We call that renewal. And we call that joy in true devotion. Let's begin, shall we? Next slide. We're going to read Second Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 1 through 18, and I'm going to do this rather quickly. God bless you. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, not handling the word of God truthfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. But whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants, to Jesus the Lord. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, to stone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. For we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then, death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, and therefore I spoke, we also believe, and therefore speak knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sake, and grace that is spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal way of glory. Let me stop right there and put modern English in that. What's happening right now? Ain't nothing to worry about. 
back when you see Jesus the star, it'll be worse. That's what verse 17 says in modern Texan language. And you get that. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal way of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen, indeed. Let's focus on verse 7. But we have this treasure, an earthly vessel, that the excellence of the power may be of God, not of us. Being a Baptist, this is a verse that a lot of times we often avoid. And the reason why we don't like to, to put the focus on us, we will do what the Bible tells us, we to focus on Jesus Christ. You know something, Christian, and I want you to listen to me now. If you're joining us online, I want you to listen as well. Inside of you, when you become a Christian, you have a treasure inside of you. And it's time for the church to start letting that treasure shine again. It's time for us to start being what God has called us to be. Lights, to be salt, to be stars, to be His witnesses wherever we go. In fact, Paul calls it here in verse 7. You've got this treasure inside of you. I want to ask you a question. What is that treasure? I know bad things are happening. All you have to do is turn on the news and you watch bad things happen. You watch mothers witness their babies being killed. You watch over in Israel terrorist attack after terrorist attack after terrorist attack after missile attack after missile attack. You watch the politicians. They lie after they lie after they lie after they lie. How many of y'all going to watch that debate tonight? All you do is sit down and get yourself a picture of Pinocchio and make the nose like every time they give you a promise. But you, inside of you, Christian, you're different. You've got this treasure inside of you. Let's take a look a little bit at what that treasure is. Next slide, please. Treasure and earthen vessel. You should look something like that. Remember now, you're pressed, but you're not crushed. You're persecuted, but you're not defeated. Let me tell you something, Christian. You got a treasure inside of you that keeps you going on. There's a something inside of a Christian that keeps them going on. When the world would stop, when the world would quit, a Christian keeps going on. You ever heard that old question before? And I know you have. Why do the Christians keep going on? Why did those martyrs keep on dying? And they knew they were going to die. Why did they keep on? Because inside of them, there was a treasure that kept them going. A treasure that kept them moving. Let's take a look a little bit at that. See if we can figure out what that treasure is. What is this treasure? Well, if we look back in the the previous verses of verse 7, Paul's going to say, we've got this ministry. That, some people say, is the treasure, the ministry. I don't agree with that. I don't think that's the treasure inside of us at all. In fact, some people say, well, it's mercy. We've received mercy, and therefore we show mercy. And that is a beautiful Christian trait. But I don't think that's the treasure. In fact, I don't believe it's the treasure at all. In fact, I believe that mercy, grace, forgiveness are all fruits of salvation. But they are not draw cards. Card for salvation.
announcing the good things of change in order for beautiful parts of Christianity. Incidentally, everybody just give you a hand there, isn't it? He's got, the, he's got treasure in his hand there tonight. What is this treasure? Is it the ability to renounce the hidden things of shame? And let me tell you something. Some of us have brought things of shame into our Christian lives, into our Christian household. And as a Christian, you need to, Thanksgiving time, stand up and renounce that. Paul says that. Renounce it. Get rid of it. Break the agreement you've made with it. And you have to allow it into your house. Renounce the hidden things of shame. What about manifestations of the truth? Is that the treasure that's inside of you? A lot of people think that as well. Oh my goodness, God is teaching me something. God's revealed something to me. Is that the treasure that's inside? What's the treasure is the life of the gospel. In fact, Paul goes on to tell us the life of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's the treasure I want to see. I want to be able to look every Christian and know without a doubt that the Spirit of God lives inside of that Christian. To know that Jesus Christ is shining out of that Spirit. So let's go on with our next slide. What we need to understand is Christianity's not a devotion to the work. That's why it's not the treasure. Christianity's not a place where you can build your legacy in a workplace. Unfortunately, we find that in modern-day Christianity, people make churches building projects. People make churches little pet projects. They make them territorial places. Christianity is not devotion to work. It's not devotion to a cause either. And a lot of us think of it like that. And I am not going to put down any soldiers, but soldiers were devoted to a cause. We swear an oath and we're devoted to that. Jesus Christ is not a cause. Adoption, no matter how hard you try to make it that way. It's not adoption. It's that treasure inside you. If it's not a cause, if it's not a devotion, if it's not some sort of doctrine, the treasure inside you is the Lord Jesus Christ. What we need to understand is Christianity is devotion to a John 5, 36, 40 gives us a picture of the devotion of Jesus. The words of Jesus himself. He says, I have a greater witness than John. This is John Baptist. For the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Look at here, verse 37. And the Father himself who sent me has testified to me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. And listen to what Jesus says. You do not have His Word abiding in you. That's a treasure. You don't have His Word abiding in you. Because Him, excuse me, whom He, he sent, Him you do not believe. Look at verse 39. You put Scripture. For in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which justify of me. It's not a doctrine. It's a personal relationship that Christianity is. If you're going to be devoted, if you want that earth and treasure inside of you, if you want to be what God's called you to be, then you've got to let go of a devotion to a doctrine, let go of devotion to a cause, let go of devotion to some sort of project, and become devoted to the person, to the man, to the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And when you start looking at the doctrines in the Word and find out they testify of Him, 
God, then you'll find yourself following Jesus. In verse 40, you're not willing to come to me, but you may have fun. Trade your life investment. It's not a lot of there isn't a Baptist in this room. There isn't a Christian in Christendom that would say Christianity is not a personal relationship. If they would stand up and say Christianity is a religion, they have got it wrong. Can I get an amen on that? If you're at home tonight saying, well, I'm looking for a right religion, let me tell you, you're already wrong. Christianity is not religion. It's relationship. Look at me in John 10, verse 14. Jesus says, I'm a good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I'm known by my own. It is a relationship. I know them, and they know me. Do you know him? If you don't know him, you're lost as a goose, or you can't lost as a sheep. Amen? Look at me, verse uh, 27, John chapter 10. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I know them. They know me. They know my voice. And let me ask you a question. Do you know God's voice? It's the answer to personal relationship. Let's see what the Bible says about that. Next slide, please. John 8, 47. He who is of God hears God's word. Therefore, you do not hear them because you are not of God. Pretty powerful, isn't it? I didn't say that in the Bible. He who is of God hears God's word. Therefore, you do not hear them because you are not of God. Let me be honest with you. You're either a child of God or you're a child of the devil. There is no, well, I'm not a child of the devil. I'm not a child of God. I'm my own child. No, no, no. You're either God or you're not. And if you're not God, you belong to the world and everything in it. And that includes the devil. Let's take a look at the next slide. This relationship works spontaneously by, I'm going to give a quote from an old Baptist theologian, moral originality of the Holy Ghost. Moral originality of the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? That doesn't mean the Holy Spirit saves you. What it means is the Holy Spirit does something inside of us. Moral originality. The Holy Spirit is the one who starts the process. Now, we know what the Bible tells us in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, and it's the Father who draws us to Him. But the Spirit does something in our hearts and our lives. Let's take a look at John 14, 26. Then we're looking at this treasure in earthen vessels. Now, treasure that every believer has, you're supposed to have. If you don't have it, you've got a problem. It's the kind of treasure that keeps you going on when you're pressed when you're persecuted, when you're depressed, when you're defeated, when you feel like the world's coming against you, you keep on keeping on because you've got this treasure inside of the earthen vessel. The earthen vessel Paul's talking about is this flesh. This flesh is nothing but earth. John 14, 26. What the helper, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you remembrance all the things that I said to you. Let me ask you a question, sister. You go to Sunday school, you go to church service, you go to Wednesday night Bible study, you go to uh, Friday night, if you're with me, in Shabbat prayer, anything of that nature, you're there. And you hear God's Word, and you hear God's teachings, and you hear God's people. And then later on, when you're standing, what do I need to do? Out of a sudden, it pops up in your mind. It pops up in your heart, and it's there. And I want you to remind you, I want to remind you, John 14, 26, but the Helper, the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. I love that the Holy Spirit is a reminder. You put strings on your fingers to remember things? What you need to do is say, Holy Spirit, help me remember. Some people tell me i got a problem remembering Scripture. No, you don't. you got a problem reading Scripture. Start reading Scripture and you'll start memorizing because the Bible tells us He will bring to your remembrance all things that He has said to you. Let's take a look at the 
looks like. John 15, 26, we're talking about Christianity as a relationship now. We're talking about how the Holy Spirit brings us to that relationship and proves that we're in a relationship with God. Look at John 15, 26. When the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. The Holy Ghost is going to tell you Jesus is the way. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is all that you need. Nothing else. The Holy Spirit testifies of that. The Holy Spirit or somebody tells you you need Jesus and something else, you already know they're wrong. The Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. Jesus only. We'll take you to the next slide. John 16, 7-11. Nevertheless, I'll tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he's come, he will convict the world. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He will speak to the world. He will talk to the world of sin, righteousness, of judgment. Verse 9, of sin, because they do not believe in me. 10, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. 11, of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. And let me tell you, if you're not in that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you're in that judgment of verse 11. Next slide, please. Therefore, it is a perfect happiness of your life when you're a Christian. When you've got this treasure and earthen vessel, you are a happy Christian. And let me tell you, Christians, there's nothing in the world that can destroy a true Christian joy. Can I get somebody to testify that tonight? When you have Jesus Christ in your heart, there's nothing in this world that can take your joy away because you know where you're going. You know how it's going to end. And you know that nothing on this world matters because Jesus has already brought how it's going to end. Perfect happiness and joy. A perfect relationship and treasure in an earthen vessel. My treasure, I know that no matter what happens, he's going to make it right. No matter what happens in Israel, no matter if it's the Ezekiel Gog and Magog war, no matter if it's the Arab war of Psalm 83, it doesn't matter. What matters is I've got treasure inside of me, and that treasure is my personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and that enables me to keep on keeping on when I'm crushed persecuted, beat down, when I'm talked bad against, when everybody hates me, when I mess up, i got treasure because I can't be beat by the world because I've got the unbeatable one inside of me, Jesus Christ. Next slide, please. First John 1, 1 through 4. We're talking about this personal relationship. This treasure in earth and vessels. That which was from the beginning. This is John, and I love John here. This is the old John now. This is not young John who wrote, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. This is not that young John who said, But these were written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ. This is not that young John. This is now an old, experienced John. This is a John who has been on the Mount of Transfiguration. And he saw Jesus transfigured in front of him. He heard the voice of God and he knows. This is what he said. He starts his letter. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have which we looked upon and our hands have handled. Could you imagine that? He said, I reached out and touched the living word of God. Somebody came in and I held it in my hands. I touched him. I felt him. He laid his head on the back of Jesus. That's the last supper. The hands have handled concerning the one life. That life was manifested. And we've seen and bear witness and declare to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested through us. Let's take you look at verse 3. 
that which we've seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father, with the Son, Jesus Christ. And look at verse 4. And these things we write to you that you're born. And before you got children, earth and vessels. Don't let the world take your joy away. Don't let circumstances take your joy away. Don't let bad things rob you of your joy. You've got the right to, listen to me now, Christian, you've got the right to rejoice in the face of adversity because Jesus has made us more than conquerors in Him. Let's take a look at the next one. You can never awaken self-pity in the Apostle Paul. Never. You might starve him. You might imprison him. You can never knock out of him. That's untouchable. That's untouchable. Paul refused to take anything that anyone said it was. That was his only devotion. Jesus I will go to Jerusalem even if they kill me. I will share the gospel even if they beat me, if they stone me, if I'm shipwrecked, if I'm on an island I don't know, stranded in exile. I Corinthians 4, 1 through 18. I'm not going to read all of them, but I do want to stop and go seven. This is the Apostle Paul. Therefore, since we have seen this ministry, we receive mercy. We don't need heart. Don't see your heart. You've got treasure in earth and vessels. We've renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. If you've got something in your life right now that a Christian should have, still verse 2 says, renounce it. Stand in your home tonight and say with your family, This is gone. This is broken. We no longer agree with it. We have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, convincing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Verse 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. Next slide. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your bondservants, to Jesus the Christ. For it is the God who commanded light shine out of darkness, to shone in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You get to look in His face, and you get to see the glory of God in His face. You know when the revelation, when we get in that dining room city, when we're walking in that new Jerusalem that comes from God, there's no sun there. You know what the Bible tells us, no sun there, for the Lamb gives the light. Somebody say amen. Could you imagine looking at Him? In His face where the light comes from, Walking on streets of pure gold. Young pastor, somebody once came up to me and said, Preacher, I got a new necklace. I got a new necklace, and on it was a solid gold cross. Took a look at him and said, That's a beautiful piece of asphalt. Asphalt? What do you mean? I said, Well, when we get to heaven, the streets will be paved with pure gold. People ask me all the time, Why does that say that? To be honest with you, let me be frank with you. Let me be forward with you. Because in heaven, gold doesn't mean anything but Jesus. You don't need to be worried about what gold looks like, where it's at, what it's fashioned into. Your eyes are going to be on him and him alone. Verse 7, we get treasure in earth and vessels. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. You keep on going. Look at me in verse 8. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. 
you got to treasure Him. He's going to keep you going. You've got a relationship with God the Father because of God the Son, and you've got the Holy Spirit to prove it inside of you. You've got a relationship. So when the world presses you, you're not crushed. When you're perplexed, you're not in despair. What does perplexed mean? Anybody know? Perplexed. When you feel like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. You can keep on going because His words are light of your feet. It's a lamp of the past. I don't need to keep on preaching. You already know, Christian. Amen? But not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Look at verse 10. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. I live to preach Jesus Christ and preach the Christ. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our lives. And that's what we're going to close in the word of prayer tonight. The joy of devotion when you're devoted to Jesus Christ. If not, I want to challenge you to be devoted to Him. We're not going to have the invitation tonight. The pastor say, Pastor, I need devotion with Jesus. Come on, man. I need to get it right with you. Pastor say, Brother John. I want to do what Paul did in Genesis. All those things that I've brought him. Don't do it with me. Do it with your wife. Do it with your husband. Do it with your children. All together. Say, this is no longer Let it Let's close in that word of prayer and let's get ready for Sunday morning. Father God, we love you so much. Thank you so much for your word. Your word is quick, powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword, and I pray, Lord, that it would cut down into our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that it would speak to us. And I pray, Lord, God, that it would lead us and guide us and direct us as we go about our business this week. Give us, Lord, please, the opportunity to share the gospel with everybody we meet. Keep us safe as we go about our business. Pray that safety back again in the house of worship you. Because Jesus, great mighty name, we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Shalom, and I'll see you Sunday.